Blog Talk Radio. It's a massacre. It's a massacre. It's a massacre. Woke up to a nightmare, blood on the ground. Rifle blast along me, bumps of bloodhounds. You can't scream. Shook. Shadow of the feet by the door. Just yesterday, I was at my uncle's store. My aunt fussing, cause I picked a scab on my sore. And that sweat creeping out my pores, and my heart racing. I gotta get out the door. I hear the screams and the curses. Begin quoting Bible verses. Pick my head out the kitchen window. Through the trees is a road. Across the road, there's a river. The only black boy who can swim. Destiny meets fate. I just wanna escape. I'm going for it. Wait. Their descendants are owed that conversation. Why? Because that was the coup d'etat. As I climb out the window, drop to the ground. What I thought was a puddle of water was blood on the ground. And I looked right, and I looked left, nothing in sight. I looked up and saw Mr. Jeff's wife hanging from a tree in a pretty blue dress. Couldn't kill a spirit, but they had to hang up flesh. And I took off through the woods, never looking back. Tree limbs smacking my face, heart pounding like the sledgehammer John Henry. Stomach going empty, I see the road ahead. But wait, I hear the horses near. I kneel down, I let them cross. Hear the screams of my town. As they shoot them down, blood everywhere. A massacre, Wilmington's is on fire. Wilmington's is on fire. Not 
hosted by a convicted felon or conspiracy theorist wacko or closeted lesbian. But hey, we will put on a great show. This is good as those people too. So listen up. Tonight we have filmmaker Christopher Everett to talk about the recent success of his new, uh, well, of his film Wilmington on Fire. You know, we had him on the show uh, last year, back in December, the last week in December. And, um, you know, he, he just did a few showings of, of the movie back then. But uh, now he's been all over the place. He's been getting uh, good reviews. I mean, a lot of people have seen the movie, sold a lot of merchandise. He's been getting a lot of uh, and, and things like that. Let me go ahead and get that sound effect ready. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so now he's back to uh, give us a quick update. Well, not a quick update, but a, a good update of everything that's going on uh, with him and the film and, and all the people that it's reached. Uh, but before we get into that, I just want to say I want you to check us out at blacktopia.org. And uh, you can also download the Blacktopia mobile app on iTunes, Amazon.com, and Blackberry World. Give you some updates on upcoming shows and all the things that's uh, that we're doing with Blacktopia, all the events, all the you know artists that's featured on Blacktopia, all the people that's doing great things, the artists, uh, the, the painters, the graphic designers, the uh, you know the, the, the authors, just ev- all just everything that's going on with Blacktopia. You can check it out at Blacktopia.org and the Blacktopia mobile app, which you can get on Amazon.com, iTunes, and Blackberry World. I also want to give a shout out to screenwriter. Walter Perry Lee of Walter Land Productions. Uh, he'll be our guest next week. Uh, so, you know, this is our uh, back-to-back film, Black Film Festival episode right here. You know, we got Christopher Everett today, uh, tonight, and then next week we got Walter Perry Lee, so definitely check that out. And um, I also want to say uh, to all the listeners, I want you to check out these two amazing mixtapes. They're on audiomag.com. The first mixtape is from KW the Artisan, titled Paradise Phone Home. Like I said, you can check that out on audiomac.com. And the other mixtape you should definitely check out is from Sinzir, and that's spelled S-Y-N-Z-E-R-E, and the name of that mixtape is Reflections. Uh, You know, DJ, your boy Earl, the same guy that broke uh, Kevin Gates, he's hosting that mixtape. So, uh, you know, he he, he, got, he put Kevin Gates on the map, so now his next thing is to put Sinzir on the map. And, uh, you know, he rocks with Blacktopia. So um, definitely check that out. All right, enough of me plugging stuff. Let me go on ahead and bring on the host and the guests and everybody. All right. Hold on just a second. Barber the Country Queen Lady. Country in the hills. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? How you doing, man? I was just doing a show. <laughs> yeah, that's all we got yeah, right yeah. now. Since everybody keeps, you know, biting off our shit. Oh, yeah. That's what we so got. <laughs> we invented mm. the talk radio. <laughs> yeah. They took our style. Everybody. They did. Last one of them. They did. I, I I heard it, and I wasn't even happy. But you know, that's all right. In the interim, I was like, "That's okay." At least, at least yeah. you're getting that popularity. Now wait a minute, girl. Mm. 
I started to say that to call in, but that have been mean, and I got a whole bunch of mess going that I won't even try to get started. All in all, what up, group, going on? But, look, let's give a shout-out to all of the parents for the 2016 graduates. You know, give me a little clap. <laughs> They at the university, yay, yay, yay. All them punches in the throat work. I want to also shout out to the parents for this year. Thank you for making sure your daughters were not being offered to their boyfriends who already thought they were going to get some sex anyway. Because some of those gals last year looked like you were offering them up for the whore guards. So thank you so much for appropriate gals and the ladies. I mean, I saw it on Facebook. Some of them were very, very nice. Very, very nice and tasty. So, you know, that's a good thing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. All right. And um, and for all you listening to, you know, Barbara also does another show called Testify on the Southeast Hip Hop Magazine YouTube channel. And uh, it's, 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 it's hot. It's, 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 a, it's a hit. Uh, the, the most recent one uh, she did talking about Africa Bambada and that old situation. Oh, God. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I saw, and I was like, wow, wow, that is, I mean, with the truth being said, no black hands for me, this this is your production, I'm just, I'm just a part of your vehicle, however, it's a shame that, you know, some people, if you saw up there, um, a few people made, you know, comments about the very situation in itself, as far as, you know, just regular community and, and it happening. And it's a shame that it takes stuff like that for the truth to get out. Because the press, all they want to talk about is the star himself or any any other star that has done this. No one wants to talk about, like I said, the impact of the, the victim. Because basically, if you haven't created a monster, you will if they don't get any help. And, I mean, and that's just the truth. You're continuing a vicious cycle. And I was amazed at a lot of people who responded to that. Because, I mean, that was the focal point. I don't give a damn about him and his money and what went on with him. I'm looking at the victim and what has become of them. And if they they have children, what becomes of them, you know, continuing the cycle. So I was pretty amazed. Oh, yeah. Um, Well, for all the people that are, you know, all the new fans and the people that want to discuss the Zulu Nation, um, you know, that whole thing, uh, we'll be talking about that later, later in the show, you know, but. We'll start taking calls around 9:30, so uh, so definitely be patient, um, and we'll we'll definitely get to you. Going ahead and uh, good morning. Good morning. How you doing, Miss Marie Jones? I'm all right. Y'all, how y'all doing? Oh, I'm doing well. You sound like you like you you're in the bed or something. <laughs> hey, just doing a show, man. Just doing a show. <laughs> Tuesday, man. Tuesday. Oh yeah. All right, now let's uh, let's bring back on our guest. Uh, this is the second time on the program as a featured guest. Is this a rerun? No, it's not. Jeez. It's a new show. Wow. <laughs> so let's go on ahead and uh, bring on Christopher Everett. Christopher Everett, how you hey, doing? Hey, how's it going? Right. Hey, oh, Mister. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Now, Christopher, this is how we do it. You already know how we do it, but when the new callers, uh, or new listeners know how we do it. Uh, Barbara's going to sit you in the hot seat and interrogate you like a cop. Then after that, uh, we'll have the callers call in at 9.30, and, um, you know, we'll, they'll, they'll ask you some additional questions. Uh, then after that, we'll take a break at 10, and then we'll come back with Miss Marie Jones' segment, Good Morning at Night, and we'll have some more discussions, and we'll take some more calls, and that's how we do it. And so for all you uh, listening in and already pressing one, just wait. we got to let Christopher Everett talk first, and then uh, Barbara's going to ask the questions, and after that, you can ask your questions, okay? So, um, right. so let me step back, and uh, Barbara, you know, sit him down in the hot seat. Director Everett, we meet again. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> What's up with you? It's all right. It's all right. Much success to you. I mean, now at first you were kind of blowing up a little bit there when I talked to you in December. Now you all over. Woo, YouTube. You know, we, we, we try to do a little something. You know. Go ahead, man. No, I Googled you. You're all over. And I don't have to put in with a portion of your name. Now, you know you're getting popular. Normally, you had to put in the whole name. Had to get to you last year. This time, I just put in Chris, and it just came right on up there. I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. We need, to, we need to blow up our good, you know, black men doing something extraordinary. And, yeah, again, let me commend you. That's, you know, Wilmington on Fire has been on fire. Oh, yeah, of the thanks. interviews, I really appreciate it. Yeah, of the interviews that you've done, what about yourself and the production have you learned so far? Um, let me see. What have I learned so far? Like, 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 what do you mean? Personally, what have you learned about yourself and all of the interviews that you've done, and and about its success? Have you learned anything new about yourself? Have you? Gain any new insight as far as you and the film? I would say, um, I guess I learned that I'm just a, a very humble person. Uh, I'm very humble, very modest. And I think a lot of people, you know, once they talk to me, they kind of see that. Mm-hmm. You know, any anyone who I meet or whatever interview I do, they always say that, you know, because I'm just a simple guy, man. I'm from a little small town called Laurenburg, North Carolina. You know, it's a real small country town. I still mm-hmm. live there, you know, to this day. And I'm just a, I'm just a very simple, plain guy, you know what I'm saying? And I just kind of carry my life like that, even though I'm doing, you know, I do film and stuff like that. So I think that uh, I didn't know I was that modest, you know, when I kind of listen to old interviews. So sometimes I'll do that, just listen to old interviews or look up old articles about the film. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, <laughs> you know, so... I think that's what really I kind of learned about myself and just how modest and how down-to-earth I am. Good to stay well-rounded. Well, a member of Blacktopia um, posted a pic that he saw at a civil rights museum about slaves chained on a boat. The image was powerful and riveting, but now I'm thinking, in my opinion, that we don't have that kind of enriched history for the young people going forward. Um to learn properly about their history so they can feel that same effect. Wilmington on Fire, would you consider allowing black museums or even the core school curriculum to use that in their teaching? Oh, yeah, definitely. um, Since, you know, since I um, started doing screenings of the film um, this past November, I've actually Mm -hmm. um, shown it to a few uh, middle schools, um, I would say the appropriate age range for the film has been like eighth grade on up. 
mm-hmm. and I've actually on it to a few middle schools already. And um, I'm What's definitely open. What's been the um, response to it? I know the first mm-hmm. middle school I did was uh, Williston Middle School in Wilmington, North Carolina, I think back in February. And mm-hmm. I was kind of nervous, you know, I was like, okay, I've never actually shown this just in, you know, in front of a group of kids before. So I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I hope they don't go to sleep and, you know, and stuff like God, that. Oh, my, yeah. But, you know, when we put it on, they were just engaged and their eyes was glued um, through the whole film. And, I, you know, they gave me a standing ovation at the end of the movie. I was like, wow. Nice. And, um, mm-hmm. and after... And after the the movie was over, you know, we did like a little Q and A questioning mm-hmm. questioning answer um, segment, and they had like a whole ton of questions, you know, because a lot of the teachers at the school were actually teaching about 1898 and and um, you know the whole South and Civil War and Reconstruction era, so they were kind of familiar with the subject matter, so they had a lot of questions about that. Also, a lot of them had a lot of questions about just filmmaking in general, because Wilmington is a big filmmaking town because right. of the whole studio system that they had here, you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them had a lot of questions about that as well. So they were very engaged, and I was very shocked. But um, a lot of times our younger people are very um, interested in learning about the history. They just Me need too. to be exposed to it. Right. What about merchandising, booking, and the showings? Have they increased um, since the debut, the worldwide debut? of Wilmington on Fire, and how did you feel about breaking the record at that film festival? They said in 21 years, no one had ever broken yeah. the film festival. How in the hell did that feel? Because, I mean, you know, being a <laughs> white said, predominant, story, I'm just saying, right? dude, I was sitting here drinking something, and it got all over my damn carpet because I dropped it, and I was like, oh, Lord. Um, yeah, because reading back on that, in that festival, they've had many films come through there, and it's you are the first one. Yeah, you are the first one that broke the record. I mean, aside from your merchandising, bookings, and showing, how did that feel? Well, besides, I, you know, the, the showings have been great. We've been touring all over. Uh, merchandise is kind of, you know, okay here and there whenever we do screenings. But um, but the whole Kukulors, um we premiered the, fe- the film at the Kukulors Film Festival in Wilmington, North yeah. Carolina. Um, back in November, and Kukulors is a real big. It's a real big deal. It's a real big festival in North Carolina. Yes, it's been around 21 years, and they show like a lot of top-notch films. Mm-hmm. And um, I know one of the films that was there when I was there starred like Danny Glover and one of the guys from the um, the show One Tree Hill. They used to come yep. on, you know, back in the day, and they filmed it mm-hmm. in Wilmington actually. And he was he was in town, and Danny Glover was in the film, and we even beat that. But I didn't. I didn't know what to expect. You know, like like I said, um, like I said, I'm a very down to earth, optimistic type person. And I remember when we were promoting it, and I was like, man, I just, you know, if people come cool, I just don't want them to say this film sucks. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that was my biggest, you know, fear. But I think like three days Except before the actual premiere of the film, mm-hmm. I went to try to get some tickets for a few friends. And they was like, yo, your film is sold out. I'm like, oh, so God, oh, my. And, and yeah. the place holds about about 500 people. Yeah, so. It was I the saw. largest venue. And yeah. then that day, that morning, I, ca- I come out there, I say, the film started, I think, four. I got there mm-hmm. about two. The line was already forming. And then God, so we oh packed my. it out. I almost didn't even get to come inside because they were, like, over capacity. And mm-hmm. I had to wait outside, you know, for people that come, you know, to come to get their tickets. <laughs> that were part of the crew and cast. Mm-hmm. 
And then I got in, and they were like, oh, you can't come in. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. Like, y'all made the film. And they were over wow. capacity, so I had to sit into, like, the, the, the top floor balcony, which they don't even they weren't even supposed to open it. And they had about wow. 50 people up there. So yeah. they were, like, way over capacity, man. And it was just, it was That's crazy. Right. You know, a lot of people right. said they'd never seen anything like it, especially mm-hmm. it was just a, just a small, independent, you know, film. Yeah, they the people who actually the run run the festival were giving you reviews of awesome nature. Yeah, yeah. um, yeah. At, before and after they were giving you reviews because they said no one had ever broken that record. And and again, for the kind of film that it was, the people who run the festival yeah. were amazed that you did that. You know, oh, yes, but I mean, yes. that, that just that just shows yeah, that that yeah. just shows the resilience that you had to get that done. Well, you know, you posed a question on Facebook about um, indie black films, and so I'm going to ask you on the air. Self-distribution, for real, is it the best resource and outsource for you black indie filmmakers? Well, for myself personally, um, it's the best way. That's what I'm doing now. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I get – I'm actually currently writing a book on, like, you know, self-distribution of, like, documentaries and stuff like that, how to market, promote, and distribute um, Mm -hmm. your documentary film yourself. Um, But I tell filmmakers, I talk to filmmakers a lot, Um, you know, filmmakers who do documentaries or thinking about doing documentaries. And Mm -hmm. I tell them all the time, you know, like, you know, you're going to have to, honestly, if you're a first-time filmmaker, because I'm a first-time filmmaker, really. Um, A distributor, unless you just have just an awesome, flawless film from top to bottom, and some mm-hmm. huge backing, chances are you're not going to get a distribution deal. So you're going to have to pretty much dis- distribute the film yourself. And mm-hmm. there's different ways of doing it, you know, because you have a lot of venues where you can just show your film. It could be like a gallery, um, a sneaker store, whatever. A lot of stores and venues are equipped, you know, to have a projector and a projector screen. Right. So it's just different ways, whether it's film festivals, setting up your own screenings, which I've been doing, um, digital, you know, doing it digitally through Vimeo, YouTube, iTunes, or whatever, or just creating your mm-hmm. own DVD and just selling right. the joints. Um, that's good. So I think that's really the best way um, is doing it, you, you know, yourself and really building a fan base and building an audience. But what happened at this point? What happened at this point? If like the Black History Channel or one of them approach you for a deal, are you down with um, making a deal with one of them to I'm get saying, it distributed you know, worldwide? It depends, uh, you know what I'm saying? You know, everybody said, "Nah, I'm always keep it, you know, independent." It depends on what that number's looking like. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And what, well, don't you get to keep the rights? Because you know you um not not to know about film specifically because that's your your forte. But I know from what I've heard, a lot of artists say and a lot of directors, it's kind of hard once you sign those deals with them. They try to take over all your rights to your films. Yeah, I mean, yeah, see, see, it all depends on what what type of deal it is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so that you keep creative is, control of it. Yeah, now now if they come in, you know, like like it all to me, it all depends on how much did it cost to even make the film, and mm. also you know like that. So like somebody offered me two million for Wilmington on Five, might take that deal because it didn't cost me nothing but like twenty grand to do it. Okay. You know what I'm okay. So I might just say you know forget it. You just I don't know. Like I said, it all depends on what type of deal and also what the overall goal is. Is it just to just do Wilmington on Fire or is it to just build? your film company, you know, for the long haul. 
where you right. can create a whole bunch of projects. So it's really it's it's on an individual basis. You know, some people mm-hmm. just might just want to do that one film and that's it. Some people mm-hmm. might just be trying to build their whole company and look at mm-hmm. ten years down the road and say, you know what, let me sell this joint for two million, and mm-hmm. therefore I can make about four or five films. You know what I'm saying, and really grow my company like I want. You know, so it mm-hmm. all depends. You know, no, there's really no wrong or right answer. It all depends right. on that individual and what they're trying to accomplish at the end of the day. Well, you saying that the book was one of the projects you got. Do you plan on doing another film, or are you going to just ride out the success of Wilmington on Fire? Oh no, nah, I got a couple. I got a couple of joints already in development. We're going to. Um, I got Wilmington on Fire too. I'm working mm-hmm. on the outline now. Getting. You know, I'm contacting people to interview right now for that and getting that mm-hmm. going. Uh, we're going to do the follow-up. But we're going to release the DVD for Wilmington on Fire in November, and we're going to actually release it on November 10th. Because but how has it been working event. with your crew? How has it been, okay. like, working with your crew? The crew oh, everybody's cool. Everything um, been okay? Yeah, the the crew has been real well. Um, like a lot of lot of people that I work with, they actually work on major projects themselves. Like my the guy that does the um that did the score, the original score for the film. Mm-hmm. He um he does like a lot of T V one movies. I think The Man in Three B, that's one of the joints he had out that's on T V one. He does the music for the um the Ricky Smiley reality show. Wow. Um, he does the music for that. Um also, one of my executive producers on Pete Chapman, he has like a short film on HBO called Black Card. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and then also my beat, my cinematographer, he's out in LA and he does like a lot of music videos for like Lupe Fiasco, Big Crit, stuff like that. So every, mm-hmm. everybody's work, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's doing their thing and everybody's ready to go to work on, you know, the next projects as well. But I got mm-hmm. Wilmington on fire too, and we got that in development. And I just bought the rights to a, it's a weird experimental artsy vampire film I just bought the rights to mm-hmm. um, to the script and I'm very excited about that as well so so those pretty much are the two film projects I got mm-hmm. um, in development and we're going to get those going very soon plus the book as well well how do you feel yeah! about the recent events you know in the black community across the country now that you've gotten intimate with Wilmington North Carolina and the Wilmington on fire incident how do you feel about these events going on dealing with our black communities? Um, it's I don't know. It's just it's very sad, and it's like it's like history repeating itself all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things that when people come see Wilmington on Fire, that's one of the things that I was very nervous about. I knew that the film would do well in Wilmington. Mm-hmm. I just wanted. I felt nervous about what it would do outside of Wilmington. And you know Jay, he was there for the um, for the Charlotte screening, mm-hmm. and I was very nervous. Like, okay, how's this thing going to do outside of Wilmington? And when mm-hmm. we showed it in Charlotte, we packed, we sold it out. Durham, mm-hmm. we sold it out, and, and wherever we go, we've been packing the house. But the thing is, I think the reason why a lot of people are interested in the film, even outside of Wilmington, is because a lot of the things we talk about, whether it's propaganda right. or just the government and how they've always mistreated African-Americans and our rights is that Mm -hmm. a lot of times during the Q&A sessions, they say, wow, a lot of stuff that I saw in the film, I'm seeing this stuff still go on today. And that's one of the things why I wanted to do this film is to Mm -hmm. not only talk about history, but really show these lasting effects and how these things are still going on. You know what I'm saying? And and a lot of African-Americans, we don't know our history. 
And that's mm-hmm. why we keep making the same mistakes over and over again. And that's right. one of the reasons why when I do documentaries, I don't just want to do it to talk about history. I want us to kind of learn from our mistakes so we right. don't go down the same path again. And see, and I asked you that for the reason I have two families in Charlotte, North Carolina, where you aired it. One is a, they're not extremely wealthy, but they're a wealthy white family that I used to clean for years ago, and a black yeah. family. The wealthy white family is mixed. The husband's white, the wife is black. I sent yeah. them and I sent my black couple there, and I told them, I said, y'all call me back and tell me what y'all thought. The black couple yeah. said they really didn't see any different. They're they're middle class. They said they really didn't yeah. see any different. Um, some of the things have evolved where they've gotten better, but some things have gotten worse. The mixed family said pretty much on an even scale of the white gentleman, he had never seen any such thing in his life, and it made him cry. Uh, the history he learned from his family was never the history that we all were taught until he saw roots through his wife and a few other yeah. things. He had never learned any of that basis, but that wasn't going to make him go right out there and start doing everything for black organizations because he's married to a black lady, you know what I mean? But he said yeah. he gave him an insight that he didn't have, and then for his own people, he said he didn't wonder why a lot of these things, they didn't change. Yeah. Once they saw they weren't working, why not change it and make it better? So, I mean, I got the views from them, and, I mean, it was it was a mixed reaction of yeah. emotion. But overall, yeah. they gave you 100% on productivity and, 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 and preparation for that film because I, I just wanted to see from a, a different insight, one middle class and one wealthy family, with it being mixed, how yeah. both of them, you know, deal with the racism and, and the issues involved in that film. And, you yeah. know, so they, they, they gave me some good reviews on it. But before yeah. everybody gets you in the questionnaire, what about you personally, I mean, intimately? I mean, how have you and your family evolved as far as the debut and the success? Has it changed anything within your home? Everything is still the same, man. You know, like mm-hmm. like my mom, you know, she's like very supportive. She my mom has actually been to every screening of I have had. You mm-hmm. know, she drives there, she comes to every screening I've had. My grandparents, like they would probably do the same thing, but you know, they're older. They came to yeah. the premiere back in November, but you know, they can't really travel like that. But my mom, you know, she's loving it. Um, she's loving every minute of it. My grandparents, mm-hmm. they tell everybody, you know, they're always wearing their Wilmington on fire shirt, and, you know, and they're very proud of me. And mm-hmm. um, I did a screening back in my hometown um, back in um, April. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I got a lot of support from the community. And just the whole community of Longburg has really embraced the film and love what I'm doing, you know what I'm saying, because they all know, you know the ground I've been on for years to really get right. this thing going and get this thing moving. And I always represent, you know, Lawrenceburg to the fullest, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people, mm-hmm. they're ashamed if, they're come, if they come from a small town. You know, they right. always try to, you know, say you know, I'm from Brooklyn or whatever. No, I'm from Lawrenceburg, North Carolina, you know. Yeah, it is a small town because I was looking up, yeah. But, you know, congrats again and much success. I wish, you know, part two do the very same thing. You go. Oh, yeah, part two. <laughs> oh, man, part two is going to be it's going to be even better than the first one because in part two. What about two, a play, though? You know thing about a play. What about a, I mean, I mean, not, not to put a whole bunch on your plate, but how about taking it out of the film stands and actually put it like, you know, virtual 3D for people to actually yeah, see. Yeah, we're actually, about no, I'm that? actually thinking about that. 
Um, like I'm actually, yeah. I got a couple of things that I want to do with it. Um, because mm-hmm. we're I'm working now, and um, and Jay knows these two guys. Um, Marcus Kaiser and um and Wally McNair. They're two great designers and artists oh, yeah. from Charlotte, North Carolina. And right. uh, we're working now on like a like an art book, and yeah. it's like a lot of illustrations and stuff like that. It's kind of highlighted that highlight the whole 1898 massacre, similar to right. a, a graphic novel in a way. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's one of the things that we're going to kind of include with the DVD as a package when nice. the DVD comes out. But also, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about doing like an animate, like an animated movie as well. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, nobody really wants to do musicals or stuff on yeah. that type of history. You know, they want the musicals to be fun and upbeat and stuff like that. Yeah. But sometimes for some children, if you put music to it, they'll look. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That you can catch their interest a little bit better. And I'm just, you know, nobody's ever really tried to take a Negro film in that stands, you know, yeah. and make it a musical. I thought they were going to do it with um the color purple but i don't i don't really know if they did it or not um but this to give it that feel for them to be able to get a, a total you know yeah. view an actual 3d view of the history yeah i know like yeah. It's one of the reasons why you know when you watch the film you'll see like a lot of um like illustrations and stuff and that's one of the reasons why i did the art that why we're doing the art book and also i mm-hmm. might do actual animated an animated movie on this mm-hmm. because I definitely want to get young people involved and that's mm-hmm. another reason why I did a um you probably heard the song at the beginning of the show. That's that's that was a song from the soundtrack that we got yeah. out free. And we did like original songs and everything, you know, 'cause and I noticed when, when I was showing the film and with some of the music plays, you know, I see the kids, you know, their head up you know, their heads are bopping, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and stuff like that so they're getting mm-hmm. into it. That's one of the reasons why I did that. I want to incorporate, you know, a lot of that hip hop but hip hop with a message, you know, it's telling a story right. about 98 history. So I try to, whenever I do a film, I try to incorporate like a lot of those things, whether it's art, music, and kind of combine that with film. And it's mostly mm-hmm. to target, you know, young people, you know, to get their. You, you, ha- you hate to have to do that, but I mean, that's what you got to do in order to get their attention. You got to get the exactly. things that keep them interested. They don't be going to sleep and sitting there, you know, bored. You have to do exactly. those kinds of things. Well, he's all yours, oh, Jay. Yeah. All right, yeah, and and I, yeah, like uh, like you said before, you know, when he came to Charlotte, I attended. It was great. I enjoyed myself. Uh, it was packed. Like I was, I mean, you know, uh, I mean, not to sleep on what you what you do, but I didn't expect it to be as packed as it was because uh, Charlotte, when it comes to like, you know. Uh, Stuff like this, art and history, and mm-hmm. you know things like stuff that's a little different outside of the regular just party scene. Yeah, it don't seem. Yeah, you know, it seems like the city don't really want to get behind that kind of. Or a few people show up, and you know, yeah. the whole thing is going to be like a nice little, you know, smaller little size. When I got there, like, dang, you know, I couldn't really find. Yeah, a way we we broke their party. record too, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because the Solar Cinema uh, Movie Review, they're they're a great organization of Tamara Brown runs that organization. They show great films all the time at um, Crossroads Charter School in Charlotte. But we broke their record as well for most attendance screening. They, they've never had it packed like that. You know, they actually had to turn away about 50 people. Um, you know, it was yeah, packed, I, I can imagine. I, all the food was gone, too, when I got there. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was good, too, man. That food was good, man. I forgot the lady's name who cooked it, but, man, she's an excellent cook. I enjoyed it. Yeah, like I got that, it was gone. I mean, but but I'm, I'm glad it, that it was a good turnout. I had a hard time finding a place to park. 
for um, on fire? Not necessarily. You know, what, like me and a few researchers that are in the film, you know, we're working mm-hmm. on it. Um, we're, we're working on a few things, building, you know, mm-hmm. gathering more info. And we're also going to put in Wilmington on fire, too. But we're, you know, we're working on our own little case for the actual descendants as well, you know, on the low, you know, gathering things and getting info together, you know. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it takes time. You know, you got to get, um, you know, political figures involved, you know, congressmen and senators in North Carolina and people like that that really, you know, want to get involved in what you're doing. You know, until they do that, we're going to keep exposing you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you better make sure they're descendant. Make sure they're descendant. Not somebody who came and visited and ate a meal there. Make sure the person who actually was part of the group. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah, because you know how they do. Everybody and their mama on the show can say I'm some kid in Wilmington. Hmm. Hey, peep this out. I agree with you right there because you got a lot of scam artists on here. I call call them all. I call them scam code. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Called scam code. You know what I'm saying? You got a lot of them out there now, so and a lot of them have actually hit me up like that. You know, but that's a that's a that's a that's a, that's a different topic oh, for another no. day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've no, had people try to me and everything. We all yeah. got to worry about our cousins coming out. Mm-hmm. Take blood now, test. Um, take blood test. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you on that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Now, we're, uh, we're going to go ahead and take some calls. There's a lot of y'all in the queue. Uh, if you're not, go ahead and press 1. And I know it's a lot of accidental ones in here, too. And I'm going to take y'all, too, because you know I'm hard-headed. Uh, and just answer, ask your question. You can ask a follow-up question, and you got to get off so we can go to the next person. All right? So uh, don't don't make this your feature. All right? It's, it's about this forever. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, ask. Say what you got to say, and let's, uh, let's pass the mic. All right. Caller in the uh, caller in the nine one zero. You're on the air. Who is this? Hey, this is Adrian. How are you? Hey, Adrian. Hey, I know, right? I call in all the time. It might be a rerun. Mm. Hey, I yeah, and y'all know I never have questions, but I don't have a question for Mister Everett. I just want to say that I appreciate the work that he's done. I've been. I went to the premiere in Durham. It is a wonderful movie. If it ever gets close by, I'm sorry I haven't gotten to Detroit yet, but if you ever get a chance to see it, it is a great piece of um, African-American history that is missing and, I, and is real you know, near and dear to the people of North Carolina because that is a part of our history that is not talked about. And it kind of, if you see the movie, you'll see how it set the tone for a lot of things that happen in the South and some in the North, and it is just, you just have to see it. If you haven't see it, seen it, you just have to see it. Like, it was a moving experience. When I saw it in um, Durham, it was packed. You can feel the movement. You can feel everything that was going on in the movie. And then with the panel afterwards, the questions and answers and everything that happened afterwards, it was a great experience. So if you've not had the chance, it is a wonderful documentary, and it is very well worth the drive, because I had to drive like an hour to Durham, but it's worth the drive, it's worth whatever you can do if it gets close by to you to go out and see it. Hey, Christopher, how are you? Hey, how's it going, Adrian? How you doing? <laughs> Good. Look, I just talked about you without even saying hey, but yeah. So that's that's pretty much all I had to say. Jay said make it quick, so yeah. Oh, yeah. So thank Definitely you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh yeah, thank you for the call, Adrian. It was a, it was a great movie. I was glued, glued, my eyes were glued to it. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's one of those that, I mean, and it's not, I can't even explain it. Like, it's just so, yeah, it's a learning experience, it's a touching experience, and it's just part of our history that we should know about. So, yeah. So that's it. So y'all have a good night. I'll still listen in for a little bit longer. So uh, we're always great hearing you continue doing your great work, Mr. Everett. And, you know, you have a fan in me, and I'm a follower, and, yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Thank All you. right. Thank you. Thank you for the call, Agent. All right. All right. Caller in the 586. Caller in the 586, you're on the air. Who is this? This is Walter Perry Lee. Well, actually, before you uh, say what you're going to say, I just want to let everybody know that Walter's a screenwriter, and uh, he'll be our guest next week. So uh, definitely right. tune in next week. He'll talk about his uh, his project. So, uh, so Walter, it's all yours. you got the floor. Ask him what you want to ask. Okay, Chris, I just want to let you know um, you got my support, okay? Same here, man. Same here. Because, like I said, we gotta we gotta know about our heritage, you know, who we really are and stuff, and Definitely. everything else. And that's why I said this: we, you got my support, and if you, and then you got, and I got your back. Cool, man. I appreciate it, man. Same here. You know what I'm saying? And also, just being black artists, man, we gotta support. You know, one. You know, we gotta support each other as well. And our vision mm-hmm. too. We gotta support in our vision, but we believe in in our heart stuff because they they know yeah. what I because I'm a struggling artist and I'm trying yeah. to get myself up on top too and and I'm just hoping and praying that it will come true. All of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Now um now what before we go to the next caller. Uh, you have a book on Amazon right now, right? I uh, go ahead and plug that book. You gotta order it on Amazon, or you can go on uh, S. Lieber where I got the book published, or any other bookstore online to order it. Well, I mean, hit him with that title. We can't work it out in love with the black lady in the bottle. Mm. <laughs> Definitely get his book on Amazon. We'll talk about that more next week. Uh, thanks for calling, Walter. Uh, I'm going to take you out with, uh, with a chai. Chai. Now, wait a minute, girl. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Something different other than the gunshot. <laughs> All right. Now, press 1 if you want to get in the queue, if you're listening. If you're listening in on the link, you can call in at 516-387-1219. All right, let's get to the rest of these calls. Caller in the 313. Caller in the 313-352. You're on the air. Who is this? Peace. What's going on? This is Josh Sell. Josh Sell. Yeah, I just, I just got um, a few quick things to point out and um, an accommodation for um, Everett. First of all, I wanted to say that um, um, – the, the the movie should be um it should be it should be available everywhere. Um 
as far as I'm concerned, the movie um, is, is relevant, as relevant as Out of the Darkness and um, and um, the other movie that was mentioned, I'm in Colors. It's, it's as relevant um, as those two movies, period, um, especially when you consider how relevant the, um, the civil rights movement and the uh, yeah. um, and the beginning of um, the beginning of our segregation is relevant to our people. You know, we need to know about how that sparked off. We need to know where the civil rights movement was birthed, and and people need to know that it wasn't just birthed out of the courtrooms or you know just because a couple of uh, white people in the South decided to lynch people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. However, way you think that the civil rights movement was birthed, it can be um, re-educated or relearned with this movie, and so that's why I feel like that movie is very relevant to uh, to uh, countless people who are uh, quote-unquote conscious. As far as it coming to Detroit, man, you can, you know, I spoke to you in December briefly. I was, at, um, I was a guy who was telling you I was a writer and everything. You can yeah, get yeah. it. There's, there's quite a few places, you know, um, yeah. that you wouldn't have to spend that much money. As a matter of fact, we can... Um, you know, we can pull together our resources just to get you here. If, it, if it's just a matter well, of let's chat. paying, yeah, paying let's you chat. money. Let's chat up on, yeah. let's play it. Yeah, yeah because, because yeah. I know of a few venues right off top where, you know, it, it's a small gathering, but you can definitely yeah. get that movie filmed. I mean, you can get that movie displayed, you know, um, yeah. here in Detroit because there's a lot of people who will support you sitting by buying that movie right now here in the beach. Cool. Um, What's your so, What's your contact info? So I can give you. Well, I, you know what? I'm, I'm I'm about to put it right, and I'm about to put it right in the group chat, and so okay. you will have right. it again. Okay, I will put right, it in the cool. group chat. Um, or you can cool. just contact Miss Marie Jones, you know, um, and she'll get it to you. But I I, I definitely okay. put it right in the group chat. Um, cool. Thirdly, thirdly, you mentioned oh, cool. um, and I, yeah, you mentioned that the movie could be. Uh, I think um, Barbara mentioned that the movie should be a play. Well, there is, I mean, you know, that's possible. It can be a play and everything, but, you know, we need to get it on film. I just want to – we need to um, just get it out there while it's on film. I just want to say, Barbara, they do have The Color Purple as a, um, as a musical. It's on Broadway now with Heather Hadley playing um, Sheila Gaines. So, okay, you know, thank you, because I didn't know. Thank you so yeah, much for pointing that out. Now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, just um, my man, I, I just wanted to commend you for for a job well done. Your movie, your movie is definitely timeless. Um, it's, it's necessary. It's very necessary in terms of um educating about our um, our history. And um, you keep up the good work, man. You have an avid supporter in me, and um, I help you do whatever I can on my end, whether it's um promotion or right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm excited to do that, man. Let's link up so we can make it happen. Okay. Cool. All right, please. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the call, Josh. Thank y'all for claps. All right. Go ahead and take some more calls. Uh, caller in the, oh, yeah, and like I said, press one. You want to get in the queue. Caller in the 912-492. you on the air. Who is this? Hello? All right. Yeah, who is this? Hello? What's up? This is James Ellaby from uh, the street team. What's up, Jay? James Ellaby, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on, remember? man? 
Oh, yes. James Ellaby is a member of the Blacktopia street team. You know, we have a social media street team. So uh, so everybody calling in, um, you know, they, if, you, if you, you know, you mess with Blacktopia, we'll get the street team to get your stuff out. And uh, hopefully uh, the street team will be spreading the word about your film, too, Christy. So, uh, oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, now uh, let's go ahead with your question, uh, James. Okay, um, my question is: Would you need anyone to detail cars on your set? My biggest dream: I detail cars. I would like to know if there's ever a chance, you know, you got like a car in there or anything like that. You can link up and you know hit my page, like, and get exposure to like just around, you know. Yeah. Now wait a minute, girl. <laughs> All right, James. All right, James. You do You you should be slick with this plug. I thought you had a. Yeah, you you just you weasel that in there. No, I like it. Where are you? Where are you located, bro? Where are you located? Uh, Philadelphia, the great city of Philadelphia. Hello? How you doing? I might be um I might be coming up to Philadelphia to do a screening, man. Probably around end of July. Actually. Right, right. And I want to be your supporter, and I want to get involved because I like movies, man. So yeah. uh, I came on the show a little late, but uh, that movie sounds real moving, man. And I'm gonna support you, man. I'm gonna put it out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, yeah send me send me your info, man. Um, because I know a few brothers in in Philly. Um, you okay. know, okay, that they really you know try to you know support black businesses especially. Um, send yeah. me info. Um, spellstreetfilms at gmail dot com, and I can just forward it to my man, in Philadelphia. All right, yeah. all right, all right. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Keep hustling. Keep up the good work, man. You won't blow up one day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're gonna be at the at the well, Grammys, right, Jay? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Maybe we'll be at the Grammy, Jay. For real. I feel it. We're going to do it. The Academy Awards. Hopefully in the future. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. For that right. plug, I'm going to have to take you out with a gunshot. You you graduated, right. but you got demoted to a gunshot. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. I appreciate right, you, man. Welcome. Thank you. All right. All right. <laughs> James Ellerby. All right, let's move on to the next caller. Uh, thank you all for being patient. Caller in the 678-618-815. You're on the air. Who is this? Hi, my name is Sun. How are you? Hey, how you doing, Sun? I'm good. I actually, um, I heard the entire show, and I definitely, uh, I definitely want to give props to you guys and definitely want to give props to Christopher. He has been hustling and doing for our city of Wilmington for a very long time to bring this issue to light because there are a lot of people that live in Wilmington that are still stuck in the mentality of slavery. And for them to have this come to light, I don't think you guys know, and Christopher, like he said, is very humble, he won't tell you the struggles, the death threats, the heartache, <laughs> the pain, you know, crossing that bridge where people don't understand. So, Christopher, I just want to give props to you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited you're coming to Atlanta with it. I cannot wait. Yep. Um, yep. But my, my question is actually to uh, 
to maybe you as well as the listeners, do you guys really know the demanding necessary need for this film, Wilmington on Fire? It goes so far, like past anything that anybody could think of, because Wilmington, North Carolina, where I grew up, is still living in that type of society, that mindset right now. Every year we celebrate something called the Isaiah Festival, and we don't even do anything for November the 10th. Yeah. It's horrible. Mm. It's horrible. So I just, just want to ask that question. Do you guys really know how much is needed? We do now. Uh, <laughs> most definitely. I mean, yeah. We um, do now. I mean, most people don't even get you know any type of information out there. I mean, other than what they teach in Black History classes. Mm-hmm. I mean, but this is the real. This is the real deal information. This isn't just Martin Luther King and Harriet Tubman sitting on the back of the bus, and mm-hmm. then you know the Jim Crow laws disappear. Like this is mm-hmm. real life. Like people lost their lives. Unknown, unsung right. heroes. You know, in the African American yeah. people lost their lives. You know, nor trying is it to covered better up. our people. Mm-hmm. You know, nor and is it covered up. Got, got swept, yeah, just swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. Oh, how the black people died? Oh well. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely, we we need to know. It's the lack of mm-hmm. knowledge that keeps us, you know, hindered. Yeah, we need to know. We need to know what happened, how we got to this point where we are mm-hmm. now. And that's the problem, son. If that's the name, that's your name that you said. That's the problem right now. Yes. Some of the things being shown on Black History and the History Channel in general. And thank you for joining us tonight on Blacktopia Presents. Um, that's the problem now. A lot of shows they want to cover up the gore and the the actual graphic nature of the film. What you fail to realize that is the core of it. That is what really yeah, happened. There won't no yeah, such thing as no ketchup that, being that thrown on somebody or a little pocket of blood being put on their no. shirt and it burst. See, you know, and a fake gun being shot or, you know, a fake noose being used. See, these were real items that they picked from their yard, you know, wires that they hung folk with, slash folk with. The graphic nature of the film is the truth, and don't nobody want to see that. You don't want to see the gore of what those people went through, what they died for. And I'm glad Christopher is able to bring that to you in its glory because you need to see that. You need Sometimes you need to see the actuality to realize the propagation of it. You need to see it. Yeah. And that's, that's what's happening with point. a lot of films. They're, they're being taken away. That graphic nature is being taken away because you wanted to look sensitive. These people won't feel insensitive when they were getting hung, beat, and killed. Won't do a damn thing sensitive about what happened to them. And that's what needs to be understood. So, of course, we think your film is totally needed for your city. I mean, it's needed all this. Why I asked Christopher, could he put it in a museum or put it in the schools if they asked him? He said for the right amount, which I don't blame him. Because it needs to be put worldwide. I mean, that's, that's a great, that's a great idea though to make that a part of like the the city, mm-hmm. at least the, the the public school in that area. That should definitely be a part of the curriculum. Like, right. hey, this day this happened, and this yeah. is a film that you can use as a reference. This is what happened on this day. Right. Yeah. Period. And, like, and that, that should son, definitely be um, taught in the classroom. Also, son, yeah, we're working on. I'm actually working. Um, with me and a few of the researchers from the film, we're actually working with a teacher in Wilmington on actually um, coming up with some type of curriculum uh, mm-hmm. where people like in middle school and high school, whether it's Wilmington or wherever, can actually start teaching this, you know, history to students. So 
So that's that's yeah. one of the projects also that I have in development, and we're kind of you know working on developing like our own curriculum. And so, so you need to. You know, we're working a, on it. Yeah, it's a problem with the black people in general. We talked about this on the show when you was here in December, where uh, most of the black history has been removed from the history books. Son, I don't know if you have children in that love. But most yes, of the yes, true black history has been removed. You go through their social studies book, most of that has been taken out. Yes, ma'am. It's been diluted yeah. and removed, and yeah. they don't even have the basic essence of it anymore. It's maybe like one or two hints given, and that's it. So it's a slap in the face for those who died for that to be put in there. It's been removed, but we black folk let it be done. So, I mean, yeah, we I talked about that last show. I don't know who made that ruling behind everybody else back, and we didn't get a complete vote. But that was something we should have stood out there and protested about. Because it needs I mean, to be history books. for the kids to learn. Yeah. Yeah, it's been taken out of the book. I want to get off you guys' line, but I definitely want to tell Christopher again, thank you so much. We're, you know, Wilmington is super excited, but I will say this, and I, I know that he won't say it because he's so humble. <laughs> I really Go don't ahead think, and say it, girl. I really don't think that the descendants, because whenever Christopher was in Wilmington, I just moved out of Wilmington. I came back to Atlanta. When Christopher was in Wilmington, and I know this is blog talk, so I'm, I'm always going to say what I feel. Um, mm-hmm. He busts his ass. He busts his ass. And he's not even mm-hmm. from there. And mm-hmm. there were people that literally didn't even want him to come. Um, they didn't want him to come across the bridge because they felt like it was going to stir up too much. And it went back into what you guys said. African-Americans are sometimes afraid to see the actual truth of whom they are and, right. and where they come from and what, what they did. And that's what he did. So I applaud that, brother. I mean, I appreciate what he did. I hope it continues. And he's correct. It needs to be in our kids' school system because if you can keep, teach us the falsification of a map, then we should know about 1898. That's all mm-hmm. I feel. So, mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. definitely. And congratulations. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, definitely. Now, son, before you go, uh, before we uh, go into break, I just want to say I know you're a fan of Christopher and everything he's doing with the movie, but I would also like you to be a fan of us, too. Uh, Black, you know, definitely check us out at blacktopia.org. Mm-hmm. And we also have two for Blacktopia. Uh, if you're on Facebook, definitely check that out. Uh, Christopher Everett's also a member of that group as well. And uh, we're always supporting each other and getting each other's, you know, stuff out. So uh, hopefully uh, you could you could join us over there in the Blacktopia Facebook group and um, get connected, you know, with us. Absolutely, and congratulations with you guys, Kingdom and Queendom. Good night. All right. Good night. All right, thanks for that, son. All right, we're going to go on ahead and get into the break, and when we return, we got Miss Marie Jones with Good Morning at Night. We're going to take the rest of your calls, so be patient. I know some of y'all pressed one, and, and we're going to get to you, all right? So uh, let's go on ahead. We're going to play another song from Wellington on Fire, too, by the way. All right, this one's called The Way. You're listening to Black Tokyo Presents Roundtable Talk Radio, and uh, here we go.
and I'll be free regardless. Trapped in the middle passage, never to shine. Tackle my arms and legs, but never to mind, never to grind. Kings and queens in my jeans, the red, white, and blue O's, the red, black, and green. They call them slaves. I call them heroes, emancipated, but somebody didn't get the memo. Cause murder was the case, North Carolina was the state, and Wilmington the killing of black men, women, and children. In the land of the free, and the home of the brave, white mob couldn't behave in the face of ex-slaves, so... American screams do the violence and history books remain silent. Southern Democrats wildin' cause they couldn't believe. Instead of dying on their knees, ex-slaves rose in the seas. Survived being deprived of their rights and needs. Started businesses so witnesses could watch them succeed. But on November 10th, 1898, about 2,000 races started burning black places. Committed a coup d'etat and raided the spot. Forced the mayor to resign, government turned blind. They declined to react. It's no myth or fact. That be dragged their feet when the victims is black. They say I'm pulling the race cars, so get them. Cause ain't a deck of cars in America that don't have race in them. The descendants of the slain need reparations and change to bring them higher. Remember Wilmington on fire. The Blacktopia presents Roundtable Talk Radio with your host, Barbara the Country Queen Lady, and I'm some guy named Jay. We also have Miss Marie Jones to give us a good morning and night. But before we get into that, I just got some, uh, some quick things I want to plug right quick. I'll make it quick so we can get to the rest of your calls as well. Um, yeah. Is this a rerun? No, it's not a rerun. It's a new show. All right, uh, we have Christopher Everett. Um, he's our guest talking about his film, Wilmington on Fire. Um, you know, I just want to let you know we also have some more programs connected to this show. We have Testify, Barbara's other show that's on the Southeast Hip Hop YouTube channel. You can check that out at Southeast Hip Hop, I mean, excuse me, youtube.com forward slash Southeast Hip Hop. And you can check it out. You can check out the playlist. Uh, Barbara has quite a few uh, videos on there. And uh, the one, the recent one, the one talking about uh, Africa Bambada and the Zulu Nation, all this stuff going down. Um, yeah, she, uh, yeah, that, that's that's catching. Uh, that's on fire too. <laughs> you know, um, got about three hundred, four hundred views already, and it's only been up there for like two days. So definitely check that out. Um, also, Blacktopian John Huey. John Huey also has a, a program on there. We just started that called the Uncomfort Zone. Yeah. And that, go, and that goes right along with uh, Don't Get It Twisted Tuesdays in Blacktopia. Don't Get It Twisted Tuesdays. That's the day where we have the discussions and the debates and the stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, John Huey saying some things, you know, make some people uncomfortable. Uh, he uh, spoke, one of the recent videos he did 
was uh, he's talking about uh, black people that are supporting Trump. You know, like what's the what? Uh, and you know, and, and and he's talking about that and giving his opinion about them. Um, I I just posted that video up on on the Southeast Hip Hop Wall, and uh, somebody unsubscribed. I think they didn't. They don't. They didn't. Of course, they didn't look at the video because it's not like we're saying. I'm, I, we're not saying we support Trump at all. That's not what it is. So they probably. You know how people do. They don't. They don't listen to anything. All they need is the headline, and they look at the headline and go, "Oh, these Negroes support Trump. I'm unfollowing." You know how that. People don't read. Uh, the, the edu- the, I'm, putting, I'm doing air quotes. Y'all can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. The educated people don't read. Um. <laughs> That's how they do. Uh, then you can check both of those shows out on YouTube.com forward slash Southeast Hip Hop. Uh, we also have another show. That's the Test Drive. Definitely check out the Test Drive. That's uh, hosted by Blacktopian General Grown. And that's on the Spreaker channel. That's uh, Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash. I think that's the link. But if, you, but if that's not it, just go to Spreaker.com and just... Search it, and you'll definitely find the test drive. What uh, else would I like to plug? I also want to let you know that uh, I didn't want to tell anybody this, but I'm going to go ahead and, and say this because I'm 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 getting tired of it. I'm, I'm sitting there anticipating it and can't wait to, uh, for it to happen. But uh, and you know sometimes when you say things ahead of time and it doesn't happen, it makes you look less credible. It looks like make it look like you just lied or something. But, uh, but it's, no, you didn't lie. You, you, you said the truth, but uh, it just didn't happen, and so now you look bad. So I was kind of waiting until I got the approval. Um, I was waiting until I got the approval to, to break the news. But I, I can't wait. i got to just go ahead and tell you all now. Uh, I just submitted Blacktopia Roundtable Talk Radio to be on iTunes. Yes, yes. I'm ready for my sound effect. <laughs> So everybody with Apple devices and iPhones and the iPads, you can download the show on iTunes. You'll be able to do that after they approve it. They're still they're they're still uh it's still under review. So hopefully they approve they approve it and you guys can check it out on iTunes. But uh but if not, um you know I, that's why they want to leak it too early, right? Because if it doesn't happen, if they say hell no, we don't want this shit on here, <laughs> or if I broke some kind of you know, rule or something like our Google Play did me, and it'll make me look bad. Like, oh, you you just said y'all was gonna be on iTunes, but you ain't. So I'm you heard it here first. We could eventually we're gonna we might be on iTunes. All right, so cross the fingers. Let's hope this happens. All right, and if not, I tried. Better luck next time. And what? And one more thing I want to plug before I bring on Miss Marie Jones and before we take your calls is I want to plug the next week the upcoming shows we have. Uh, what do we have? Uh, on next Tuesday, we have Walter Perry Lee to talk about his book um, that you can get on Amazon.com and, and, and also his, uh, his screen uh, his screenplays. And he has a couple of short films on YouTube. We're going to put some of the short films on YouTube on the Blacktopia mobile app so you guys can check that out. And uh, we'll be talking about all that. And uh, so he will be on the next Tuesday. That will be May 24th. And then on May 31st, we have T. Elise Christian. Uh, Miss T. Elise, I had her on the show, The Rush, just a couple of weeks ago. That's the show I do on Mondays uh, with a Latasha McKnight. Sometimes Olivia Floyd can make it. <laughs> you know, uh, 
But uh, when, when she can't, Latasha McKnight, the, the fill-in host, is Latasha McKnight's also admin in Blacktopia, the, the Facebook group. Uh, we like Tia Lee's Christian so much, and what she had to say that I, I said, hey, I want to bring on the Blacktopia radio show so she could talk to you all, too, about everything she has going on. Um, and she's also a member of Blacktopia, too. She's made, like, one comment. She's mostly the lurker. She's been in there for a couple of weeks. Uh, definitely shout-out to Tia Lee's Christian. And the first week in June, June 7th, we have Sydney Ware. Sydney Ware will be here to talk about her dog walking business, and she'll also talk about her as a model and all that stuff she's got going on. And uh, Sydney Ware has been a Blacktopian uh, since the first month. She's not a day one person, but I believe she's been in the first couple of weeks. We started Blacktopia, the Facebook group, last year, back in February, and uh, she's been riding with us since then. And uh, so Sydney Ware is going to be a guest on the 7th. All right, enough of me plugging shit. Um, you guys are going to forget what I said anyway. Uh, let me go on ahead and bring on Miss Marie Jones. Miss Marie Jones, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning. All right, uh, what you got for us? 40 acres and a meal. Ah, so you talk about okay. us getting our stuff. <laughs> nah, I don't know about all that. So, General William Sherman first suggested that free slaves each receive 40 acres and a mule, right? The then President Andrew Johnson, along with the entire U.S. Congress, rejected that idea. In fact, the only compensation the slaves were given, have been given, and continue to receive is rape, torture, and lynching. Today, as we speak in the year 2016, there's a bill in front of Congress for African Americans to receive reparations. Reparations owe to the countless families of those who really made America great by the power of cotton. Reparations have been paid to survivors of World War II, um, in the amount of $60 billion. American Indians, they received $3.4 billion. Uh, your wonderful President Obama, Jewish Holocaust survivors, $12 million. Japanese-Americans from World War I, $3 billion. But when it comes to the U.S. paying African-Americans who have suffered bombing and burning of Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, zero. Burning and lynching of Rosewood, Florida, 1923, zero. Church burnings, 1954 to 2015, no money. Reparations for the victims of Wilmington on fire, currently taking donations. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, ready. Oh, yeah. Now uh, I'm going to bring Christopher Everett and Barbara back on. Um, we're going to go ahead and take some more of your calls. I know you got you press one. You're in the queue. Um, some of y'all hung up, couldn't wait, I guess. Uh, it's all good. Show must go on. Caller in the 919. Call in the 919-345. You're on the air. Who is this? All right, caller in the 919. You on the air? Don't make me have to. Don't make me do this. 
Okay. All now you do like a that. chuckle and jive type of dance when you play that. Like, oh, just like tap dancing or something. Like, hey, I'm on my knee, you know. <laughs> that's crazy. I don't know what that is. Yeah, that's that old okay. match game music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought it would sound good when people, when there's a long pause and people don't answer the phone. I just thought that would be the good yes. sound effect. <laughs> yeah, well, call in the 919. Oh, okay. I messed up. I messed up. Call, let me try this one more time. See, I, I mute, unmuted you and then muted you again. When I, and then I'm sitting up there wondering why you're not answering. <laughs> Oops. Uh, oh, no, this is a different caller. Uh-oh, sorry about that. Okay, listen, I'm talking to this caller. Call in the 919-345. One more chance. Okay, got to keep it moving. You press one. <laughs> you can't even got no issue. All right, Paula, you're probably using the bathroom or eating something. Got the phone on mute. <laughs> uh, okay, call in the 919-423. You're on the air. Who is it? Ricky Kelly. Hey, Hello. how you doing? All right. Hey, hey Chris, how you doing, brother? How's it going? All right. Um, some of the uh, brothers is doing a documentary about uh, Myrtle Beach and how they treated Oh, down. hey, what's like, going on, man? How's it going? You got it. You got it. Check me out, man. It's formative, and I learned a lot from it. especially the part about Ooh. being independent and, you know, yeah. doing it on your own, of course. Yeah. But uh, I had a couple of questions. The soundtrack... The two songs were hot. I kind of like that fire, but um, are those those samples? Are they are those clear? Is like you? So are those set? Yeah, the thing is, like those two songs. Um, like the the first song that you're at the beginning of the the show, that's like an original song. It wasn't no samples in it. Um, right. that last song, the way. Yeah, they had a sample in it, but that's not actually in the film. It's on, like, the promotional soundtrack, and it's right. a trick you can get around a lot of this stuff. Like, the promotional soundtrack, as long as you give it out for free, it's similar to a mixtape. You know oh, what I'm saying? Okay, and cool. Yeah. yeah. See, we got a lot of songs on, and that's uh, one of the reasons why I decided to give out the promotional soundtrack for free on SoundCloud, and because right. we use a lot of samples. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um, the music that you hear in the film, a lot of that stuff does that stuff doesn't have any samples in it. So okay. you know that's that's one like I said one one of the reasons why we decided to give out the soundtrack for free because we use a lot of samples and if you're using a sample, you know which you're actually charging people, you got to pay some type of fee. So those are kind of like the ways you can kind of work around certain things if you're trying to just use it for promotional use only, right. and that's why a lot of the the soundtrack. You know, covers and stuff that we put out there, it always has that thing on there saying promotional use only on it. So, how do you plan to keep the vultures away? How do you plan to keep it from, because, you know, we in the black community, we have such a, a problem with, um, you know, um, bootlegging. Bootlegging. Uh, bootlegging. Uh, it's just like, right. man, and that's one of the reasons I've been actually um, working on that um, since November of like, man, how am I going to just work around that? Um, it's it's like it's inevitable, man. It's like all you can do is just hope that our people do the right thing and actually buy the DVD. But we know that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> so 
you know, um, it's, it's really nothing you can do, man, a lot of times, man. You know, people people are just going to do what they want to do. Um, hopefully, I can just get enough people out there who want to do the right thing, you know, so that's all you can really hope for. Right. Well, I applaud you and, and all the hard work you've done. You know, I saw the, the uh, screening in Durham, and it was a packed house. It was just a yeah. great presentation. Uh, you know, my wife and I loved it, and everybody that I spoke to loved it, so... Of course, you got my support, and I hope it's... Yeah, definitely, man. We're definitely going to talk soon, too, you know, as well, you know, what we've been talking about, so... Right. Now, now, Carla, before you go, what did your name was? My name is Rick Kelly, Ricky Kelly, and I'm a um, a documentary filmmaker as well. I'm trying to um, follow after this brother, you know, what he's doing. I'm doing an independent. I'm doing a, a documentary about the Black Bike Week in Myrtle Beach and the white fight week and how they treat them as opposed to how they treat us, the policing, the uh, and, and, of course, the history of Atlantic Beach, which is one of the last black beaches in America that we still own as black people. is a black municipality, and um, they have a rich history because years ago when people couldn't go to Myrtle Beach, black people couldn't go to Myrtle Beach, but they could perform there like James Brown and some of those old stars but they had to stay in Atlantic Beach. And that place is still there, but it's falling into disrepair now. And um, just wanna, I just want to tell that history as well. It's not just about motorcycles and, and all that. It's, it's, it's more about the history of where we came from to get to where we're at right now. Okay. Okay. Well, Mr. Kelly, um, yeah, definitely. Like, we do this show every Tuesday night. It's called Black Topia Presents Roundtable Call for Radio. I've said it about a billion times tonight. <laughs> um, now, I know you you know, you know, came for uh, Christopher Everett, but I hope you uh, continue to, you know, to rock with us. Um, I would like to get, I would like yeah. to know more about what you're doing with the film. Um, you know, you check us out at blacktopia.org. Uh, if you're on Facebook, definitely get connected with us, um, you know, possibly after the film is complete or when you're near the end of the production, I'd like to perhaps have you on as well and talk about the history of that and, and uh, you know, hey, just get, get in touch with us. I hope this isn't the last time we uh, get to speak to you uh, like this. I will. Yeah, this is Chris's time right now. I didn't mean to do a plug for my, my project. No, no, no. Like no, 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 no you good, man. Uh, you good. Uh, inspiration to me, so, you know. Uh, okay, brother, yeah, yeah. He, 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 I'm sorry, oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to do it. Oh, yeah, I'm well, Mr. Kelly, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did uh, plug and, uh, and and talk about your upcoming film. I mean, we we want we encourage this on uh, on the show. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, just just networking and, and you know shaking hands, rubbing elbows, whatever. Because I mean, we got to bring each other up. We like Barbara keeps saying, we got to be each other's PR. You know. Yeah, that's right. And not be ashamed right. of I'm it. Definitely... And not be ashamed of it either. Oh yeah. Now, I'm I definitely hook up with you on Blacktopia. Thank you. Definitely do that. If, Christopher, if you can, uh, let him know where we're at and, and look that up. I definitely want to speak more to him about uh, what, what he has going on. And, uh, and I know I yeah, see I'm going to add him and son to the group. Okay. Good, good. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Mr. Kelly, thank you again. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Um, is there anything else you want to say right quick before we go to the next caller? That's it. Just continue success, brother, and uh, for the radio, I mean, your, your program and for the movie. So, um, we all got to work man. together and, and, and pull this out together because we can do it. You know, times are changing. I was just uh, thinking today about how, you know, I'm on Facebook quite a bit, and I noticed how a lot of people were, um, you know, like the lady said, they, they aren't dressing 
inappropriately, as inappropriately as they have in the last few years. So our black consciousness is having an effect on our young people and, and, mm-hmm. and all of us. You know? So Facebook is doing a lot of good. It's, it's opening a lot of eyes to people. Thanks, Lord. And, uh, mm-hmm. You know, so we coming together. We're going to get out of this, and uh, we just got to work together, basically. Oh, yeah. I agree. And that's Thank it. You. I, I appreciate your time. And, again, continue success, Chris. Cool. Yep. Thanks for the call. All right. All right. Now, uh, like I said, press one if you want to get in the queue. And, uh, like I said, I'm hard-headed, so I'm about to take the hard-headed calls now. <laughs> the ones who are accidentally here, you didn't press one. So, uh I'm going ahead and do that right now. And if you, if you, oh, they, they get smart now. They, some people are double pressing one and getting up out of it. Oh, all of them did it. <laughs> uh oh, they get, they get, they get hit the blog talk. They like, oh, let me, oh, let me press one twice and get me out this motherfucker. Okay, good. <laughs> all right, so we, we got one more caller left. I'm going ahead and take this one. Uh, y'all, y'all getting outsmarting me now. Let me go ahead and take it. Caller in the another one in the nine one nine. Caller in the nine one nine three four five. You're on the air. Who is this? Hi, um, my name is Aaliyah. Hey, Aaliyah. How are you? Okay. Doing well. Just doing the show. All right. Well, um, hi, Chris. Hey, how's it going? It's going. Um, we're still waiting for you to make it to Raleigh with the show. Yeah, we're working, so, we're working on it. You know, we're okay. working on it. Probably going to be next right. month. Okay, yeah. because that, that connection with Raleigh and Wilmington is real strong, and it's a lot of history there. So we're looking forward to it. Um, and, and I had briefly spoke with you, and I was trying to get an understanding of, of how the Spanish-American War actually tied into the, the riots. Um, I know, you know, hopefully that's something that you can share with us later on. But um, if you have any information you can share about it tonight, that would be kind of interesting because I'm doing a little research on it. And yeah. then um, and secondly, uh-huh. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, and then secondly, like one of the, the, the main things that I, I took away from the documentary and I share it with a lot of people and something I didn't really know um, just about the community of Wilmington um, was about the businesses. Like you, in, in your documentary, you said it was like 300 businesses um, that we had during that time. And and it was a port city, and I'm just, you know, uh, it would be nice to see a study on, like, how that actually, if Wilmington had gone undisturbed based on, you know, how things were as far as the um, the economic community there you know, just what type of impact it would have had across North Carolina because, you know, I know there are direct descendants, you know, who were impacted, but what happened in Wilmington affects us all, you know, because that was a a strong business community, and I think that would have, you know, filtered through other cities um, in the state. So I was kind of wondering your take on that. Well, um, you know, like Wilmington back in those times, you know, it pre it was North Carolina's largest city back then. You know, it wasn't it wasn't Raleigh or Durham or Charlotte. You know, Wilmington was the the major spot to be. And the eighteen ninety eight massacre kind of hindered 
their progress for the city of Wilmington. You know, Wilmington is still a decent-sized place, but it's nowhere mm-hmm. near the size of Charlotte or Raleigh and stuff like that now. But Wilmington probably would have been your major city now in North Carolina if the whole 1898 massacre never happened. Um, but when you had the 1898 massacre, um, you had things like um, Black Wall Street that popped up in Durham. You know, so mm-hmm. it's still kind of, you know, black people coming together and pooling resources and, you know, coming together economically, you know, still kind of propped his head throughout North Carolina in certain places like Durham, you know, Parish Street yeah. um, with the whole Black Wall Street district, you know, Haytai district and everything. Um, so you have that. Plus what you're talking about with the Spanish-American War, we're, we kind of deal with that. We're going to talk about a lot of that in Women's Snow Fire too. Um, one of the, the researchers from Women's in on Fire, Kent Chatfield, he's gathering information about that now. But when you look at the 1898 massacre, a lot of the people who were involved in the 1898 massacre actually doing the killing and stuff like that, they actually fought in the Spanish-American War. You know? mm-hmm. And we kind of tie that connection together that the people who actually did the massacre, they were actually U.S. military, the people who actually did the killing. And we, we actually got names and everything that we're pulling together now, and we're going to go really in-depth with that. Because see, that's how they were able to get all the, the military power, mm-hmm. firepower, like the galley mm-hmm. gun and stuff like that, because they just had fought in the Spanish-American War. Sure, you know, okay. Those people who actually, like, red shirts and stuff like that, who participated in the 1890 massacre, a lot of them were soldiers for the United mm-hmm. States government. So this is pretty much... That's why the it's not only just the state of North Carolina that's at fault. It's the United States government that's at fault as well. Yeah, and one other thing I, I heard you all mention in Atlantic Beach, and um, have you ever heard of Sea Breeze? Oh yeah, yeah, sea breeze. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. in Wilmington. Yeah. yeah, that was um, you know, um, you know, a black beach resort, you know, in in the mm-hmm. city of Wilmington, you know, for a very long time, a very long time. I think um. Uh, what's her name? Asada Shakur. Um, I think her grandparents yeah. owned the actual club in Seabreeze back yeah. in the day. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, keep up the good we're, work. We're gonna talk I appreciate about that what too. you're doing. Too, as well. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care. Hey, I was sitting there trying to talk, and then my mic was muted. Uh, oh, my God. I'm doing a billion things. I need to be doing the show. Uh, yeah, I was going to say to Aaliyah, I know she's done dropped the line. Um, well, anybody that came for Christopher Everett, uh, hopefully you, you come back for Blacktopia. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, we got a lot of great positive things going on for our people, so uh, we'd like to have your support, too. So if this is your first time hearing about Blacktopia, you know, get connected to us, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, join up and, you know, you hear about all the other great things we got going on. So, uh, we'll definitely do that again. Aaliyah, thank and you for And bring your call. views to it. Not, you know, not just listening, bring your views, whatever you got. Like the gentleman at um, Kelly, they got his production going. It's okay to bring y'all ideas to the table. I mean, you know, everybody has their own different things. Bring it all, bring it all. That's why it's called Black Token. Oh, yes. We're not just stuck in one sad group. This is not a, a, what is it, socialist-type 
communist area. We we have it all democracy. You can do whatever you got to do to get your venue out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We all in the grind together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Let me go on ahead. Now, uh, now press 1 if you want to get into the queue. Um, and for all of y'all listening in on the link, you can call at 516-387-1219. All right, and uh, let me go on ahead and take some of these uh, these uh, these other accidental ones right quick. You know how I do. I'm hard headed, but if you just want to listen, that's fine. Okay, call in three one three five seven five. You're on the air. Who is this? Call in the three one three five seven five. Going to the next person. Oh, we got another uh got another North Carolina caller right here. Caller in the uh oh. Caller in the nine one nine three four five. You're on the air. Who is this? It's Aaliyah again, but I didn't press any numbers, sorry. So I'm gonna mute oh, okay. back up. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'll, I'll thank you. <laughs> no problem, no problem. Uh now Leah, since All you're right. listening, I, I put you on mute, I put you on mute. Now that you're listening, like I said before, I know you came for Christopher Everett, but hopefully you you know you come back to Blacktopia. We do this every Tuesday night. We have great guests. It's all about our people, all about uh, empowering and uplifting our people. Uh, we do it at uh, every Tuesday night at nine o'clock. We also have Blacktopia.org, and we also have a Facebook group for Blacktopia. Christopher Everett's also a member of that, as well as everybody else. Mostly everybody's called. So uh, Leah, I know you you know you you want to know more about uh, the film and everything, but. Uh, Definitely, we have uh, more great things for our people with Blacktopia as well. So hopefully you could join us with that, too. Um, and, and thank you again for the call. All right. Now, uh, we don't bled through everybody. Um, now, uh, let's see. Let me see. No, no, that's, that's, that's it. We got everybody. Uh, okay. Now, getting back to uh, you, Christopher Everett, um, aside from the, uh, the Wilmington on fire part two. Uh what are some of the other projects again you said you were you you were working on? Uh after after this has run its course? Yeah, well, you know, we're working on uh getting the D and and stuff like that out of Wilmington on Fire, you know, the first one. Um Wilmington on Fire two. Getting that going. Start filming that probably I'm probably gonna start filming that towards later end of the year or the beginning of next year. Um also, I'm currently writing a book on, you know, because like I said, I get hit up all the time, you know, from filmmakers and documentary filmmakers on, you know, how to put together, you know, a project and how to market, self-distribute. So I'm working on a book on that whole process and certain things I've learned over the years, you know, that kind of help you be successful in promoting, marketing, advertising, and self-distributing, you know, your own documentary film. And also, um, I just bought the rights to a um experimental artsy vampire film. I'm gonna really um put out a press release about that probably around September to make a full announcement on it. Um it's a project that uh is very you know dear to me that I've been following for a few years by um talented screen screenwriter and director. He's up in New York, but I'll make the, the actual announcement on that probably in September. And um that's pretty much it, man. Just Wilmington on fire too. Uh, writing the book on um, 
you know, self distribution, self marketing, a documentary film, and the uh and, and the vampire project that I'm really looking forward to. So those pretty much are the three projects. Definitely. Now now the vampire project that you that you're gonna work on, I know you're gonna talk more about that in what right when you start production. I know uh it's too early for that, but I just wanna ask you just one quick thing. Um now, what is this? Another documentary, or is this a fictional movie? No, nah, nah, yeah, it's, it's not a documentary. It's an actual, uh, a regular film, a regular narrative film. It's a, it's a non-documentary type project. You know what I'm saying? Okay, okay. It's gonna be, well, uh, it's gonna be an actual real movie. Okay, I want to audition for one of the vampires that get killed right quick. Yeah, send me. Um, you know, when we get closer, like I said, around September, we make the real announcement. I'll send me your reel. You know, I'll try you out. See what you got. Definitely. If I got one line, I go, oh, my God, that, that's good enough for me. I'll be glad I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. You know, I, I do my Tracy Morgan, the vampire. Okay, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about it. Yeah, you're going to do the Tracy Morgan, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tracy Morgan. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be in, I need to work. Wow. Okay. Oh, I can do Norm Macdonald too. Oh yeah. No. Just forever, and I, you know, I I need some work. You know, you need it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've been fired twice and got the job. Okay. All right. Now, um. Well, Miss Marie Jones, I heard you sound like you're about to open your mouth, so you can go ahead and <laughs> you can take that. That's the mic to you. <laughs> no, I was going to ask him, like, um, like, um, like Tyreek, you know, he does um, donations in People Help. You know, they give donations to help with the production of the film. Um, yeah. Are you doing something similar? And if you are, um, how can we donate? No, I'm not. I'm not actually, um, you know, doing any. Like what you're referring to is like crowdfunding, and a lot of times that goes mm-hmm. on like you know while you're in a production or post-production. I'm not really taking no donations now, but mm-hmm. if people want to buy some merchandise, you know, like Wilmington on Fire T-shirts or like art prints, they can go to mm-hmm. SpellerStreetFilms.BigCartel.com. SpellerStreetFilms.BigCartel.com, and you can buy a Wilmington on Fire T-shirt or any like Wilmington on Fire art print, you know what I'm saying, and that, that's really how you can really support. You know what I'm saying. Like I'm not taking donations or anything right now, uh-huh. you know, for for you know the project. But you can buy some merchandise, you know, and just rock the shirt. If you buy a shirt, they'll take a picture of it, tag me in it, you know, so we can share it with everybody, you know, on social media, mm-hmm. or you can buy art print or whatever, you know. But that's Spell okay, Street I'm a little Film. Slow. I'm about yeah, to give Spell Street one more Film. Time. All right. Mm-hmm. com. Okay. So any, the curriculum, like you're trying to get into the schools, like are there any, have you already went into the schools and started, like what, what school is the teacher that you're working with? What, where is she located? Um, but one of the teachers we're working with, she actually teaches at one of the middle schools in Wilmington. And we're going to probably mm-hmm. start working on that this summer, um, probably next month, start working on the curriculum. But 
it's going to take the legislature, you know what I'm saying, like Congress uh-huh. and stuff like that in North Carolina to really push it through. Because, you know, you just can't just say, hey, you know, teach this throughout North Carolina public school system. You know, it has to come from, the, legis- the you know, the legislative branch, um, the Congress. Is there like, like a that. city council or anything like that um, in that area, or is it, it, you have to go straight to the legislative period? You just got to go straight um, to yeah, the... Yeah, got a city council. You know, like one of the first steps mm-hmm. is, you know, for us to like just finish the curriculum, and then, you know, we'll mm-hmm. probably present it to the actual New Hanover County, which Wilmington is in and see if okay. they can at least get it in throughout Wilmington, you know, through the county in Wilmington. Okay. And then we'll try to take it from there and see if we can get it throughout North Carolina. But, you know, it's a process, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's a very hard process because when you look back at it, they didn't really want – North the whole state of North Carolina really didn't want this history to be out here like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when they did the um, the state report back in 2006, 2008, um, they actually had a bill. The state legislature had a bill back in 2008. Right. What like, happened? You know, this is what happened, right? They had a they had a they had a thing. They had about ten bills. One was to like apologize for the 1898 massacre. Um, right. To actually get compensation to direct descendants. Um, put this history throughout the whole state of North Carolina, the school curriculum. Um, give some type of production company five hundred thousand dollars to do a documentary, like I did. Um, a whole bunch of things Create like a black business district in Wilmington There's a whole bunch uh-huh. of things And none of this stuff got passed This was back in 2008 And you know So none of the stuff ever got passed Through the through the North Carolina legislative branch um, So They couldn't even oh, really they just get an apology that under the rug too. Yeah exactly You know they couldn't even really get an apology passed through So you know Getting this stuff taught in the school curriculum it's like I'm just going to have to just force it down their throats, you know, pretty much just doing screenings, um, doing my own curriculum, um, doing screenings at schools, and really putting the pressure, you know, on the state of North Carolina to do the right thing. So. Uh, uh, uh. You see, why should you have to do all that? Where are all the black people who say they want the reparation, who say they want the change and, and want that respect. I mean, I haven't heard anybody say that they've got out there in the streets and protested for that. And I mean, I say it all the time, yeah. which people get mad about, where are you to protest for where it matters? I mean, I, I granted there are some things that do, but this is yeah. your history that a lot of your lives were built upon. A lot of people's yeah. lives were destroyed because of, and yet, no, why are you fighting legislator by yourself? and maybe a yeah. few of the people, why isn't the whole state, the black folk in general there, backing yeah. you? See, that's what I don't well, understand. You know, I, I that's guess, my question. You know, where I are the people that were of... going for it? Where's legislative now? Like, where the people who want the apology, where are they at? Right. Are they backing you? Again, that's what I'm just saying. They why are they not protesting for... and standing on the street? But I guess, hey, I guess, we, you know, we, we can't really – you know, we we can not only not only say that about the whole women's and massacre, we can just say that just about black people in general throughout the United States of America. I you know, know that. Where are black people in general? You know what I'm saying? All right, these, right. You know, right. so well, it's, it's pretty much the same type of deal, you know, like it you know, is. we really just don't care. The majority of us just don't care because we feel like, you know, it's not going to happen or it's not me, so whatever. You know, we just wait and, you know, hopefully that, that figurehead, they'll do it. 
No, tell the truth. Ain't no profit in it. Until you say somebody about to get some money behind it, that's when everybody going to show up, like you said, about the reparations. See, that's what I'm talking about, looking to profit from something that, I mean, you, it may have been your history, but you weren't directly related to, and yet you still don't want to stand up and get the truth said for the rest of them. I mean, you know, always looking for an opportunity has got to stop among the black people. Some things you got to do just because it's the right thing to do. And they yeah, don't want right. to do that, like you. Yeah. Like well, you, they you don't want to do you have, that. You have, you have some people out here, though, that's really uh, making a move towards it, you know. But, you know, it's, it's going on just like, you know, they're doing things on, on a low level, you know, but they're getting things done. So, mm-hmm. you know, it takes time. Um, you know, it didn't take us, you know, it didn't take us a few months to get to this spot. So it's going to take no. us longer, you know, to get to where we need to get to. So, But you got some people out there that are fighting, but I wish there were more. Mm-hmm. People, you know, who mm-hmm. like, you know, I can't, I can't wait on them. You know, I just got to do what I. No, you do. can't. You're right. You're right. I mean, this is the principle of the thing. I mean, you know, you put the wrong things up there. Did they reach out to you at least, or? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I have people reaching out. You know, what I'm saying, but you know, some people, you know, they want to get involved. Some people don't want to. You know, what I'm saying so. From the legislative mm-hmm. body, like from from the like from oh, the legislative no, no, body, no, that no, would no, put... hardly, hardly any legislative people talk to me. Wow, you they got black people on the wow. caucus. So what's up with them? Because North Carolina, I know you got some black folk on your caucus up there. See, that's what I'm talking about. When you need to represent and you want to be a suit oh, slave. See, I'm calling yeah. them suit slaves. See, because it's, it's okay when you want to wear that suit and say you black, but when I need you to stand up for the black itself, I can't get you to represent. God, oh my, that's what I'm talking about. And folk got mad when I say a suit slave, but I meant what the, what the fuck I said. It's the truth. That's what you are. It's okay for you to put that $1,000 well, know, suit on and just sit there, but you don't want to use that suit to represent your people, PRing. I mean, where are they? Happens, right? And we're going to talk about this in Wilmington on Fire, too. Like African Americans uh-huh. that do stand up. You know, something happens to them. Either they get blackballed or they get set up. Because these things mm. like that have happened over the years. When you had, you know, African-American legislative people or community right. activists try to stand up on the issue, something happens. Either they get ex- they get extorted well, so, or they get set so. up. That's part of doing the right thing. If it means I losing agree. something I and agree. do the right thing, that's what everybody else did when they lost their lives. Nobody had no intention yeah. of working out there getting shot or stabbed or raped, but they knew it was a cause and they knew it was a reason for the future. They were looking ahead at me and you and Miss Marie and Jay. That's what these people were looking ahead to. What, what the hell is wrong with us? I don't understand that. You know, I mean, yeah, a lot of people don't get scared. Get scared, like you said. I mean, I, I could ask to him that. You know, the, the young lady who called it earlier had said something about death threats. Like, how concerned are you though? We have a family of, of receiving that though. Like, nah, man, I'm, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I'll be all right. <laughs> you know, I ain't really scared of nothing. So, mm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm good. You know, a lot of well, times, so did those people. people. Man, a lot of times it's just right. jealousy and hatred. And see, the thing is, see, uh-huh. the people who are behind this whole thing, a lot of times, you know, it, it's it's people that are behind the whole thing, but they get our people to do dirty work. Because yeah, exactly. a lot of times our people are just, you know, we have this whole crab in the barrel mentality. Yes. And, you know, we'll just do it just to do it, you know, because we think that, you know, you know, that's the worst part in the most of Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you yeah. know, like I said, man, you know, I walk. 
you know, I you know, I walked in any hood, whatever, whether it's Wilmington, Laurenburg, Charlotte, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like I said, I'm just a down there person, man. Everybody knows that my heart is in the right place. Right. I'm trying to do. So at the end of the day that's what it is. See, I mean, you know, for you like the other young lady said, son, you don't even come from Wilmington, you willing to step out and make a difference. Right. It's just the but shame see, that see, the people see, who see, come the from is. there. And see, the thing is, see, um, a lot of people don't realize this, that, you know, we're going to talk about this in Wilmington on Fire, too, that this thing wasn't just restricted to Wilmington. And that's really one of the reasons why I wanted to do this project in general, because mm-hmm. when I started doing research on it, I found out that this thing wasn't just something that was restricted to Wilmington. This mm-hmm. thing, it affected Laurenburg, where I'm from. It affected Charlotte. Yeah, Every, so it affected the whole state of North Carolina. And I was not uh-huh. only just the whole state of North Carolina, but just America in general. Because mm-hmm. when this thing happened, you know, they used Wilmington as a target because it was isolated and it was mm-hmm. the largest city in North Carolina back then. But it set up Jim Crow throughout North Carolina. My town was affected, Charlotte, Raleigh. Right. But then mm-hmm. other people, whether it was Tulsa and Chicago with the whole red right. summer. Rosewood, right. a lot of them use what happened in Wilmington to do the same thing in other places throughout America. So this right. isn't just something that's just for Wilmington. This, mm-hmm. this affected all of North Carolina and also all of America. So this is all of our history. You know, right. we're all part in this and telling the story and getting it out there. Yeah. You see, and that's yeah, the problem with everybody not doing that. You know, everybody not willing to... The fear, the fear of what what's going to be said about you. And, I mean, I got to commend you once again on that for stepping out regardless, you know, because you remind me when when my people were saying they went and saw the film in Charlotte, they said this is the interracial couple that have money. They said you reminded them of Alice Haley, and the husband had actually met him one time at a book signing years ago. He said the tone of your film reminded him of Alice Haley. Now, yeah. I don't know how nobody else feel about that, and I don't know what I'll be able to say about the other filmmaker next week. But as far as them seeing that film, that is an alkylate in itself. Because Alice Haley went against the grain and did Roots and Mandingo and a few other black films that you know they said no to because of the graphic nature. It got down to the truth of slavery, the real slavery that went down. And for you to be compared, in a sense, to those, to that gentleman, that right there, you ought to, you know, take your head off to that. Because when they said it, it kind of took my breath away. Because Alex Haley is one of the renowned black authors, um, black filmmakers of of everybody's general. Anybody and everybody know who Alex Haley is. Um, and, and And to compare, you know, Christopher Everett to that, that is, you know, that's some truth right there because I haven't seen it. I had to let people go see it because I don't live in that area. But, you know, based on what they came back and told me, what everybody is saying, it was on the tone based on how he wrote, you know, how he wrote his script. And see, again, he was willing to step out and say, look, if you're going to keep talking about this, let's tell the truth on it. And that's the same thing that you did. People have to be willing to step out and say, if you're going to talk about it, talk about it right. Don't do it yeah. half-ass. This is how it went down. And see, that's yeah. the problem. Once you do it, they go, wait, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. We don't want all that show, but all of that happened. So you can't keep hiding what went down because yeah. what you're doing yeah. is you're erasing somebody else's life. People blood, I mean, I think I think most black people fail to realize somebody's blood is on this. 
You know what I mean? Somebody's child died. Somebody's parent died. You know, there's blood on this history. Regardless of the reparations and the 40 acre and that damn mule you'll never see, okay, regardless of that, somebody's blood went down on this for us to even get as far as we've gotten. And I think people are getting away from realizing that. You think it was just given to you because you're black or it was an issue because you ran and put yourself on TV that made it known. No, someone is in the ground and horribly, you know, for all of this to happen. We need to get back to getting the kids to understand that. And a lot of adults don't understand this either. Yeah. They're missing the whole leaky boat. um, And that's one of, that was one of my inspirations when I first did this film. Because when I first started doing this film back in 2012, I didn't have no money. I was like, I got under, you know, I got laid off from my job and didn't really have no money to do this thing. I was like, you know what, you know, my people, they did some amazing things like right after slavery, during Jim Crow mm-hmm. and everything. So I was like, man, if they can find a way, I'm gonna try to find a way. You know, so they right. did it during, you know, where it was really impossible. You know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. to do anything as a black person. So yeah, you know, I was like, you know what, I need to kind of channel that energy. And I need to find some type of way possible, whether it's saving my money. Because even, like, when you watch the movie Roots, you know, mm-hmm. with, like, Chicken George and people like that, they talked about, you know, well, we can save our money in, like, 10 years, you know, we can buy our freedom or whatever. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm going to use that same thing. I'm just going to use my money. And, you know, whether I'm getting unemployment or my savings, I'm just going to use that and put that all in the film. You know, forget it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And just bet on myself. And That's just, right try to just utilize whatever resources I got to make it happen and and it turned out to be, you know, <laughs> it turned yes, into it a very did. it was the right film. thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In in part two, do you touch on the grandfather clause? Oh yeah. Yeah, we talk about that. Okay. We talked about a little bit of it in the first film. We just briefly mm-hmm. talk about it. Because that's um, cause like um one of the people who actually introduced the grandfather clause um, because of 1898. His name is George Ranch. Uh-huh. And, you know, he uh-huh. still has descendants living in Wilmington today, actually. <laughs> but, wow. Um, oh, wow. yeah, I think like, his great-grandson still runs his law firm today in Wilmington, actually, mm. George Roundtree III, I think. But George Roundtree, he was one of the first people to actually introduce the grandfather clause um, throughout North Carolina after the 1898 massacre. And that really was a turning point in um, the whole political um, movement for African Americans in North Carolina, and that just totally right. and the vote. eliminated, yeah. you know, our vote throughout North Carolina after that. You know, right. so he was mm-hmm. the first person to introduce the um, the grandfather clause in North Carolina, George Roundtree, and we're going to go all into that, all those things in the second one. You know, more good, now. good. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Jay, you still <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was uh, I was getting ready for some. I was doing some other stuff too while you uh, while y'all was. Uh, I was listening to the show. It, it, we're, we're doing great. It's lovely. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, you know uh, I'm multitasking. You know, you gotta prepare for the future too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, doing yeah, Christopher Everett, man. I'm, I'm glad to have you back on the show talking about everything. I know you wanted to be on a little earlier, but I said I wanted more time to elapse. So yeah. also, you know, you have even more great things to talk about, you know. Um, yeah, I got to get black. back on, man, like around September. Because, um, I got, like I said, I got, like, some huge announcements to make in September, man. Like, about the vampire film, I'm going to go more in depth with that, who's all involved in it. 
mm-hmm. everything. We got some names to test that joint too, man. So I guess around September, October, man, I would love to come back on, you know, and share with you guys about all that. And also, mm-hmm. I'll be That's right. actually about to come out with a DVD of Wilmington on Fire as well. So mm-hmm. good, good. Oh yes, oh yes. I'm- <laughs> Make sure you plug that link on Blacktopia. Plug the link on Blacktopia for your um, DVD. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely awesome. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now, we only have a few minutes left. Uh, before we do, um, Barbara, is there anything you want to say right quick? Well, I want to thank everybody who has been keeping up with Testify. And for the 2016 graduates, one more time, give me the clap, because it's been one terrible year for everybody, child, including my stepson, graduating number four, full ride to Hampton University. And for all the other babies out there that graduated, congratulations to all the parents, because it's been a feat. It's been one, I mean, hell of a year with black-on-black violence, everybody violence. It's just been a bunch of mess. So for to get these kids on to college, I'm thanking God for that. Everybody else. Hello, Blacktopia. That's right. Exactly. Miss Marie Jones, anything you want to say right quick? Definitely. Congratulations to all the graduates. Um, it's it's a hell of a year every year for black folks. Mm-hmm. To get your kids off <laughs> college is a miracle, okay? So congrats to your baby that made it, honey. Congrats mm-hmm. to all the the. the the uh, seniors, high school, college, good looking. My my yes, second Lord. son is in his first year of college. Thank God. Yeah. And um, congrats to my man because I really I cannot wait to see the film. If I'm gonna have to travel to see it, I'm just have to travel to see it. I ain't gonna. Oh, we coming to Detroit. We coming to Detroit. Also, um, Barbara, Barbara's <laughs> in. Um, she's near like Hampton, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna um. Hampton is probably going to be the last spot I hit right before the DVD comes out, probably in September. Because mm-hmm. um, one of the people we talk about in the film, uh, we have the guy's grandson in the film, Alex Manley. He um, he had that oh, he had the, okay. um, the black newspaper that was burned down during the massacre. He's right. a graduate of Hampton. He's a graduate of Hampton, and um, so we're going to. I'm working with you know the school now to try to set up a screening around September um, because he's we're, a graduate. We're only uh, daily. Is that still yeah, yeah, daily, record, daily record, yeah. Wow. Mm. He was a graduate of Hampton. Um, it was Hampton Institute back then, but, you know, today is mm-hmm. Hampton University. So, uh, you know, it has that connection, you know what I'm saying? And also, some of the people from the massacre, I think like um, the guy we also, another guy we talk about, Thomas C. Miller, he actually moved to Norfolk, Virginia, after the massacre as well and stayed mm-hmm. there to his death. So you had a lot of people from Wilmington wow. who actually moved to the Norfolk area and stuff like that after the massacre as well. So well, I'm in Norfolk, but you need to get to the Crispus Attucks deal, like I told you, because Eve Crispus Attucks is one of our uh, black historians too. Get that, get that place. We got 500 feet there. Because I asked oh, one of the directors, and they said um, you need to get in touch with um, the head person from our General Assembly. Right. Yeah, get a hold um, of them. Cool. All right. Yeah, that's um, yeah, hit me up on Facebook, you know, the name and everything, so I can make it happen. Okay. okay. Cool. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, Is this a rerun? Or was it? But it was a new show. Chris Reverend will have you on again soon. Uh, that's yes, it. You're listening to Black Topia's Round yes, Table yes. Talk Radio. 
Uh, we do this every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Check us out. Check us out, out next week. We got Walter Lee Perry. I mean, excuse me, Walter Perry Lee to talk about his book and his screen uh, play. And that's it. You don't have to go home, but you got to get off this thing. Thank you all for listening, and uh, good night. Night. Good night.